All right, guys. Thank you for joining us. This is Chris with Diesel Performance Podcast, and I have Justin Tyson. How's it going, guys? Why are you with us today, Justin? Well, Paul skipped out of work. <laughs> Paul skipped out of work. And Paul says he's the talent. Dude, right? he, he, is, he is the talent. He needs to, right now he's probably getting a fucking manicure. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a crazy week over at Calibrated. Um, for all of our listeners, we are running a end of summer promotion. Um, 15% off EFI Live and Easy Link Tuning. If you guys have any interest or questions, feel free to jump over to the website, DuramaxTuner.com. Uh, you can email me, that is C mkey at duramaxtuner.com or you could call my line 815-568-7920 extension 2121 we have a couple more weeks left of that sale so if you have any questions let us know yeah uh, and we got what do we got going on this week we got chris cyril yeah we have chris cyril from uh ucc so bringing us uh some new information uh for what ucc 2022 is going to look like wild change right <laughs> some i like i don't know if these guys like just lock themselves in a room and think of what crazy shit we can come up with and concoct for the following year but uh it's it's going to be pretty insane. Um, they have definitely done a really good job over the years with bringing spectators in and keeping them excited For throughout sure. the three days of the event. Uh, from you know the DPI Expo, the Show and Shine. Last year they did a burnout pit. All the jam packed action, all the jam packed action, drag strip, dyno, um, the sled pull. They did the ODSS in 2021. Like yeah. that's a lot of shit. It was wild. Um, and they are literally up in the ante a little bit more. So, <laughs> yeah, like every year. <laughs> yeah, you know. So we have we have Chris here later today to to kind of go over some of that. As uh, you know, we are the official podcast for UCC. Yep. Um, speaking of official podcast, mm-hmm. Justin, we have some pretty cool, exciting news. Um, so we had Sarah Chapman a couple weeks ago yep. on the air. Uh, she is a promoter for King of the Streets. Yep. Um, that event's going to be happening in mid-October. Um, and we were able to line up an opportunity to help with some promotion for that event. Definitely. Um, so you're got, you guys are going to be hearing uh, from some of the potential competitors from King of the Streets and the All Truck Challenge. Yes. Um, so we're going to be getting those guys online, going through kind of the, the setups, uh, the the strategy for for competition why the hell they want to even do this yeah for sure um so you guys are going to be uh hearing a lot of cool interviews here over the course of the next month um i want to say sarah informed us like there was like 70 competitors there's a ton and i know there that is tickets are still for sale yep. right tickets like, are still for sale it's a good um, event where can you get those tickets at justin i'm pretty sure if you visit the website i don't have i don't have it offhand right now but essentially um you can put sarah- it in the description <clears throat> for the for yeah. the episode you can definitely put it in the description. Chris and Paul, or one of them, will be giving you guys updates throughout, well, not throughout the day, but a recap at the yep. end of the day. And essentially, um, we have two trucks going. Yeah, we, as Calibrated Power Duramax mm-hmm. Tuner, we have a truck competing in the All Truck Challenge, mm-hmm. and then we have a truck competing in the King of the Street Challenge. If any of you guys haven't listened to that episode on what those differences are, Go back a couple episodes to the Sarah Chapman interview. It's really good information. We're super excited to be part of it. Yeah, for sure. Sarah is a fucking badass. Yeah, no, um, she's dude. She is definitely a badass in this. Watching her run her. that thing, uh, we went in 2019. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Timmy and I and a few of the other guys, and essentially watching her just run this event. Yeah, she's a, a mad woman, and yeah. you got to give her credit. That's why I know you and Paul wanted to jump on as the official yeah. podcast. So. 
we're the official podcast of those events. Yeah, so that'll exciting. be fun. Exciting yeah. to promote and, you know, cover that and offer the coverage for our listeners. So. For sure. I guess without further ado, you know, let's uh, let's kick it off to Chris Cyril and see what's new with uh, UCC for 2022. Chris Cyril with Ultimate Callout Challenge. How the hell are you? Doing well. How are you guys doing? No, we're living the dream, man. We're glad to have you on. Talk about, uh, you know, UCC 2021 and what's most important, you know, UCC 2022. Perfect. Glad to be here. Absolutely. So the first thing I wanted to dive into is just a quick rundown. Um, Chris, you've been on the show several times. Yeah. Uh, you've talked to our listeners a lot. We've got to interview you live at UCC and talk, we've I think, had every him, year We've had before. him here in person before, yeah. too. Absolutely. Absolutely. So so we've had a lot of chances to talk from you and hear about your background. Can you give us maybe a quick highlight reel of what went well at UCC 2021? You know, wow, a quick one, yes. Um, <laughs> everything. Honestly, this was by far as a promoter one of the most successful years we've had from crowd attendance to weather to the exhibitors to the competitors um the teaming up with uh, the firepuck team and the ods and bringing that event on board with us um was a huge hit huge success um the show and shine went through the roof again this year you know we introduced the burnout pit which will be back again in 2022 didn't give as many competitors we want, but I definitely think it made a, a presence there. So I think we'll get a lot of people more excited for next year. I, w- I want to touch on that a little bit, Chris. A lot of change in the year of 2021. Um, you, we all know there wasn't a UCC 2020 be- yeah. because of COVID. Um, so there was a lot of anticipation going into 2021. One of the biggest highlights, I would say, is is we changed the dates. Right. And we were able to get away from some of that risky Midwest weather. Um, do you think like that was like if you had to think of like what one of the biggest attributes of, you know, changing the outcome of that event? Uh, I mean, for me, I would say, you know, having consistent weather for a nice weekend goes a long way. Yeah, I mean, that was one of the things. I mean, that's again why we actually we we lucked out with uh, 2021 because we were always kind of pigeon toed with that weekend because the weekend after is mother's day. And then after that, you start getting into the Indianapolis 500, which then room rates go through the roof. Airfare is ridiculous. So we always kind of got stuck there, um, you know, because we never wanted to step on anyone's toes. Well, we lucked out within 2021, there was actually five weekends uh, in the month. So it allowed us to jump leapfrog over mother's day. Well, then on top of that, with us now being able to team up with um, the Firepunk team and the uh, Outlaw Diesel Revenge, you know, and the ODSS series there, we're actually going to move 2022 to the first weekend of June, just to even guarantee that better weather as well. That's awesome. That is. That's huge. Yeah. That's huge. Now, that used to be Diesel Power Challenge, is, is that's when they would hold it as the first week of June. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. So so it's, it's nice to hear that that spot is going to get filled. That is like killer weather time yeah. around the midwest no, it it's usually it just starting to get hot hopefully not too hot not too humid not right too humid you're not getting a ton that, of rain then so that's that's everything absolutely 
Cyril, I wanted to ask a little bit about the impact of the Diesel Outlaw Revenge Series, the ODSS racing that went down at UCC in 2021. I thought it was an awesome addition for spectators to of, see. A lot of activity going on, see right? See all, all of the extra action. But what I did notice is in the pits is it may have impacted some of the strategy that drivers had based on their, their desire to get points or wanting to compete at ODSS. How do you feel about that? Do you feel like it overall was a benefit to the show, or do you feel like it's something that, you know, maybe we need to look at that again? You know, I I feel it was a huge benefit for the show as well. I definitely, um, I mean, I understand what you're saying, and I do think there were a couple competitors that went with a different strategy to be able to um, compete in both. You know, we took a lot of time to make sure we, we were doing our drag racing for the UCC guys on Friday, which was qualifying, which then allowed, you know, obviously the next day was the dyno, but it, we always have had the rule in there that you're able to trade your spot at least one time. So I think a lot of people still, you know, I don't think there's a lot of a setup change because of the dyno and the drag racing on Saturday. They still have that night to set up for the sled pull. Sure. But I think the bigger impact it had was, like you said, you, when you're doing a show, you're trying to please three masters, your competitors, your fans, and your exhibitors. And, you know, they uh, gave so much more for the fans to see that action continually happening all day Saturday with the dyno. So I think all in all, yeah, there's always some bumps when you change things. But I think all in all, it was a win. Absolutely. I thought so as well. And and to be honest with you, I thought some of the guys, what it, what it may turn out to be is that if this is a part of the ultimate call-out challenge, is we may start to see that strategy shift. Right. Um, you know, hey, yeah, you got to grab points, but missing the points or even getting less points than what you wanted with ODSS compared to winning UCC, I, I think the value there starts to get, get real for some right. guys out there who are looking at it and saying like, man, I really do need to push it. I mean, we saw guys like Tony Burkhart killing it, uh, right. Tony and uh, and his kids there, uh, crushing it at UCC, but but missing out on the dyno and maybe playing a little too conservative. Of course. Right? So, so how far are we going to take this competition? And that is one of the things I'm excited about for 2022. Um, where do you see this going? I mean, are we going to continue to see – new record set on the dyno or are guys still going for that? Is that the buzz or are we kind of at like, we just need the right amount of points on the dyno and then move on? No, I, I think the ultimate call out challenge has always been unique in itself of really always trying to push the limits. Um, and I think we'll continue to see that, you know, when you're talking about 2022, I, I've got a little insider information uh, of some changes that we're going to do. We are actually going to do a big change for 2022 that'll actually kind of reshape the competition uh, and hopefully bring back a lot of those big numbers. What we're doing for 2022 is we're actually allowing the teams now to bring two trucks to the competition. Okay, so I am so excited to so hear about what, this. So what what is that that's crazy, right? For starters. <laughs> so does that mean like each camp brings two trucks or is this giving camps the uh, opportunity to team up essentially? It's either one. Um, you can still we'll still have the traditional if you want to be a one truck competitor, you can come and use one truck to compete in the UCC. 
you can team up with someone else and create like a BD diesel team or a hot shots team, or, you know, in the case of like, you, you know, with Tony, maybe you, you have two trucks and you're just bringing those two trucks in. Um, really, you know, this has actually been a discussion that has been had internally in the UCC with competitors, um, some of the sponsors and different things for actually a couple of years now. This isn't a spontaneous, hey, we should do this. But we actually <laughs> took some time and, you know, in 2016, when we started the UCC, it was about taking diesel trucks as far as they could go. You know, when we're talking in 16, we were all blown away watching Firepunk do a nine-second quarter mile. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you look at diesel drag racing now versus 16, and they're night and day difference. And the UCC's, you know, main function is to continually promote the sport and continually grow it. And so after having several discussions, you know, we felt, man, you build a UCC truck, it can't be the fastest drag truck anymore because it's got to keep that weight on for say the sled pull. Right. Um, and so that's where it, like you said, that choice had to come up. Well, do I build a drag truck or do I build a UCC truck that I get to do once a year? Right. So we're really hoping what this will do is revitalize that competition. Um, and like I said, I can't give a whole lot on it cause we're still, working out some things but i think we're going to see some names that we haven't seen in a couple of years come back um hopefully some new names that uh as well for the from the drag racing side and the sled pulling side well yeah, i think chris can you I, oh go ahead go i think ahead. that's really interesting right because paul we we've we've interviewed a lot of these contenders over the years yeah um and it's it's one of those things where every we've had talks behind you know off camera and off the mic there's a truck that's either drag race oriented or a truck that is sled pull oriented, or you get the guys that play on the Northwest Dino circuit that are Dino oriented, yeah. right? And they are all putting all of their all their money into a basket and all their eggs in one basket and saying, "Hey, I'm going to try to compete in all three events." To to Chris Yule's point, you have drag trucks sled pulling, you have sled pull trucks drag racing, you have Dino trucks that really aren't set up to do any of that out there drag racing and sled pulling. Yeah. So now you, you realistically you have kind of an advantage. I could bring a, a dedicated sled pull truck, right? And in, in on behalf of like Tony Burkhart, I'm I'm tried and true to drag or to sled pulling. I can bring a true contender from a sled pull, you know, side of things. Sure. And then bring a truck that's set up for drag racing. So those two trucks are there. Yeah. Now I just got to figure out what effing truck to put on the dyno, and the rest is history. Let the young gun go fast and yeah, exactly. And, and go get some on the dirt. I mean, well, and also I think I think about the advantage too about like I wonder if this would mean that you could finally draw in the baddest sled pull trucks of the country. Because let's be real. No, I mean the that, biggest baddest yeah. three O. Uh, you know the sh the stuff you see on TV. Well, I mean, when you those go, guys don't come to UCC well, because they're well, never going to be able to go fast think, on the track. Think of Shy Diesel, one of the bigger TS. Yeah. TS used to be one of those sure. events as well. You start dealing with boys in Southern Kentucky, you know, all of Kentucky, Southern Indiana. There are some nasty two six and three O trucks. Yeah. This is opening up that to where maybe you're going to find a a shy team coming into 2022 with a drag truck and a sled pull truck or something along those sure. lines. Sure. What are now? Have you guys started to put some rules out there? Because this does it, immediately. You can hear, you know, MK and I just kind of expanding with ideas here about like what this could mean. 
are there any right. guidelines? Can I put a Duramax and a Cummins together? Can I bring a, a dragster so, now for my race truck and, and a, a 3 tilt body for my, for my sled pull? Well, now, so we, you know, the UCC has always been about our main focus with rules is safety. So if the rules is safety oriented thing, it's added into it, but we always try to push it. I mean, we are all blown away. When we saw the power driven team, the first year roll out was six cut tires on the right, sure. pull track. Right. That was a viral so, moment. <laughs> nothing, nothing, nothing is put in stone yet. Um, we are having different conversations. Anything from, well, do we, you know, pick a class and that's the sled pulling class to we're also having discussions of, well, your sled pulling truck has to be a stock frame. But after that, anything goes and it doesn't have to be a stock frame. If it's the same truck, you actually drag raced with. So we're trying to find that balance of safety, you know, safety, but also what the heart of the ultimate call out challenge is, is really trying different things and really pushing the limit. So that's where we're still kind of working out on some things. And, you know, and it and just so the people listening know, this isn't like two of us sitting up in an office having this discussion like we're on the phone with ucc competitors we're on with their sponsors asking hey what makes sense for the industry how does this look you know out there what's the best for the fans what's the best for the industry and what keeps the drivers safe so it's not you know me and my gold-plated chair that i have making decisions and calling things you know me and james doing that no we're <laughs> we're talking we're talking with the industry and we're talking with the drivers so we're we'll have more to come but you guys have always been so good i i wanted to make that announcement with you guys so no we the first place people really heard it heard it was from you guys we appreciate awesome. that thank you chris i i uh, something just came about that i want to ask there there's been successes with teaming up with odss you know we've seen that you know in 2021 is there a potential, you know, a potential option to merge with like one of the big sled pulling sanctions to have those nasty three O trucks or unlimited trucks in years to come? Has that ever been a thought process? Oh yeah, it's totally been a thought process. I mean, to to a point where we've actually discussed um, with Lucas Oil partnering up with someone to actually build a permanent sled pull track at their facility, wow. but obviously we need a we need to find a, a commitment from a sled pulling league that's going to use it more than us once a year no for that sure. cost is way too much out of our uh price range uh to do that but lucas is open to that you know we've actually had some discussions and we've had some one thing you'll learn with me and james and the ucc is we we really try to grow smart you know we try to take it step by step you know try this little thing see how it works it work for the industry but yeah I, I think that's the ultimate goal is we want to have that event where the biggest the baddest the craziest in fact we're trying for 2022 you guys probably noticed in 2021 we had a lot more for fans to do we had the burnout pit friday they could put their truck up on the dyno in addition to the show and shine, we're trying to work out a fan sled pool for Saturday night in 2022. Like I said, these are all things we're trying to do. There's a lot of 
place to make it happen. But, you know, that's that step for us. Uh, how do we get a polling league out there? How do we go to the next step? And, you know, having a fan poll Saturday night, A, it's going to prep the tech. But also it starts building that momentum so that we can create that and have that happen in the future. Very cool. Absolutely, man. That is so exciting. There's so many things that that get me going about you. Oh, I'm getting excited about it now. It's usually like yeah. those big high horsepower numbers and and all of that type of stuff. But like what I'm hearing, too, is is as always, there is this evolution, right? right. There's this growth that's coming with it where, you, you know, I think I saw some numbers. Does this sound right, Chris? Uh, estimated 30,000 people attended UCC last year. Yes. That is crazy. That is just a, a wild, um, uh, a wild level of participation that we're seeing come in, and for people to want to come back. Like one, the weather was perfect this right. past year. It was a little hot, but that's okay. I'll take it. It's way better than a little rainy, right? And humid and <laughs> sticky and thick. So, so we know. We know that this this event, there's a lot of demand. People are excited to get out to it. Yeah. People are excited to see it and know I mean, there that so there's many more people, to come. We, we missed out on 2022, yeah. you know, so that builds that extra excitement. You know, yeah. guys want to see jam-packed action all weekend. They want to enjoy that. That's right. Yeah. Well, and, and if you think about it, too, we still missed a lot of our friends from the north because in 2021, Canada couldn't come right. down. That's right. You no, know, we were still just, you know... There's a huge opportunity, so I'm hoping next year we get to, you know, see the the dynamite diesel team down here. You know, uh, yeah, uh, uh, oh, I just lost Armoring. the name. Donovan Harris. Yep. 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 You know, no, I mean you get you get a couple of those guys in the mix with a lineup like there was last year. I mean that that's going to change things. You know, yeah, I privateers mean, and small shops coming out in a big way. Yeah, yeah, regional heroes that maybe you know haven't been on the national scene right, as much right. coming out and crushing it. Uh, of course, big shout out to Ziegler and, and everybody that, yeah, was in, no, for that sure. was in UCC last year. Uh, and also Privateers, the rise of the Privateers, Turbo Tom crushing yep, it, yep. Uh, and a whole host of other people who came out and they 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 really had, they're bringing that passion to UCC. And right. I think that's, to me, what's really exciting to cool. see is the guys who are there that are willing to give it their all, that are willing to put their, their entire UCC build on the line. And I think with teams... Now what we're going to see is a lot of strategy is going to come into play right, because right. depending on where the chips fall on some of these details around the rules, um, you, you're when you have a team you have a bigger crew. Yep. It's more people to work on the problem and get you a yep. solution quicker, right? That that helps loosen some of the burden well, on you. I'm thinking about you get two privateers that have two like a Turbo Tom and someone else, you know, and they bring a sled pull truck and a drag truck to the equation, like. You know, and, and that's more of like that self-funded buddy group system. Like they, they could really be a true contender against these big shops that have competed for years in the UCC. Absolutely. Oh, I am excited. Uh, Cyril, what else do you want to tell us? What haven't we talked about that we need to discuss about UCC 2022? You know, it, right now, like I said, those are the two big things we're working on. Everything we saw last year's coming back. We're like I said, we're hoping to get them bigger. Uh, make them better, make them funner. Um, you know, like always, every time you talk to me, you guys always ask me if there's anything I want to say. And once again, I'll say the same thing I always say. Thank you to every single one of those competitors, their teams. Um, I get the privilege of running up and down uh, the UCC, you know, talking with almost everybody. Um, and those that those teams are just a blast to hang out with. Thank you to 
all of the sponsors, the diesel industry. Um, the Firepug team was a huge help this year, so we could pull off teaming up with the ODSS and having a whole event. And, and most importantly, um, thanks to all the fans. I mean, you guys know how important the fans are. You know how important uh, everyone down to the you know the smallest kid that's you know coming out to see the trucks to the the diehard fan. We just appreciate him taking their time spending a weekend with us and, and, and making the UCC what it is. That's very well said. Yeah. And thank you, Chris Cyril, for sharing your time with our listeners. Guys, make sure you stick around. We got more Diesel Performance Podcast coming at you right after a word from our sponsors. Replace the old leaking radiator in your truck with a direct fit replacement from the XDP Extra Cool Radiator line. XDP's extra cool radiators are made using the same techniques used in the HD truck industry to give you durability, strength, and performance. Each extra cool radiator is built around a high efficiency core with heavy duty tubes. It's also internally reinforced for strength and features more fins per inch for maximum cooling. The end tanks on each radiator have been upgraded to a fiber reinforced plastic construction for added strength and durability. To put it all together, a heavy gauge steel crimp strip is used to join the tank and the core. This eliminates the separation that's common in OE radiators. To find out more about the XDP Extra Cool Radiators, check out xdp.com or find a local dealer near you. What is Worley Custom Fabs, Thermostat Bypass Valve, and why is it an important upgrade for your 2017 to 2019 L5P Duramax? 2017 to 2019 L5P Duramax trucks feature a unique thermostat assembly for the Allison transmission, which allows fluid to bypass the auxiliary cooler and use engine heat in the radiator coolant to reach ideal operating temps more quickly in cold weather. When the desired temperature is reached, the thermostat is supposed to open and allow fluid to flow forward into the auxiliary cooler, which helps maintain transmission fluid temperatures at a safe level. Now the issue, this thermostat is prone to get stuck closed. So when the fluid gets hot and reaches the point that it needs to be cooled via the auxiliary cooler, the fluid is instead bypassed by the closed thermostat and returned to the transmission uncooled. Hotter fluid breaks down quicker which leads to poor fluid performance and potentially premature damage and shortened transmission life. If you tow with your truck or live in a warm climate, this bypass plug is a must. Whether your truck is a daily driver, work truck, tow rig, or competition race truck, this is an issue that plagues all 17 to 19 L5Bs. When running one of WC Fab's shop trucks at the drag strip, they notice temperatures reaching the unsafe zone. After some investigation, they found the auxiliary cooler up front was cool to the touch. The hot fluid was not making its way to the cooler. Upon further research, they found that even factory stock trucks were experiencing the same issue. With this discovery, the thermostat bypass plug was born. The CAD-designed, CNC-machined, anodized billet aluminum bypass plug requires a simple 15-minute installation. WC Fab has been building high performance transmissions for the L5P platform for many years now and immediately started including this made in the USA piece with every transmission that they build. 
tested in-house on both their shop trucks and customer trucks, the Transmission Cooler Thermostat Bypass Plug for 2017 to 2019 L5P Duramax trucks can drop the fluid temperature from 15 to 50 degrees Fahrenheit by reducing fluid flow restriction to the trans cooler. The Exergy Performance Fuel System Saver works. If you have a CP4 equipped fuel pump, which is commonly found on the 2011 to 2016 LML Duramax, and also the uh, early 6.7 liter Ford Power Stroke engine, they're known for failure, period. Now, most of the time, if you put a lift pump on the truck, you'll prevent a lot of the potential failures. If you do regular maintenance, you can help, help prevent the potential failures. But at the end of the day, there's still a risk that no matter what you do, that CP4 could fail. And when they fail, they have a track record for sending all of the metal shavings downstream. So you end up needing a whole new fuel system, new lines, new injectors, new tubes, new everything. That could be very expensive. Even if you're under warranty or you find a bundle package for a great price, there's still a lot of labor that goes into that, that job. The fuel system saver increases the amount of protection post CP4. So it's not gonna stop your CP4 from failing. What it's gonna do is that God forbid the CP4 gives up and it starts to send metal debris through the truck, it's gonna stop it before it hits the rest of your fuel system. And that's why they call it the fuel system saver. If you have a CP4 pump on your truck, you absolutely need to give DuramaxTuner.com a call today and get yourself a fuel system saver. Super Tech, Jeremy Garnett, how the hell are you? Wonderful, how are you? Doing great, man. Uh, Jeremy, first time up in the new studio. What do you think? Ah, it's beautiful. It's colorful. It's it's color. <laughs> yeah. So we got some color. Uh, we'll have to get some pictures out on the Facebook group for you guys. Uh, Jeremy, I always love when you come by the show because you're able to share some real world knowledge about stuff that's going on in the shop from a real world diesel tech. Uh, if listeners, if you're not already following Jeremy, jump on over. That's jgarnett zero zero on Instagram, uh, and you're sharing a lot of really cool stuff here lately. Yeah, uh, even Duramax uh, tuners uh, copying some of my posts. So. That's right, yeah. <laughs> we will straight up jack your social media account if it's good. Uh, no problem with that. Okay, but today we have a pretty interesting topic to talk about, so I think we're talking about two trucks. Yeah, we're going to talk about two trucks today. Uh, one's currently being worked on, one is done. Okay. Um, but we want to talk about two kind of the same issues, but two totally different trucks. Let's start with the older one. What do we got? Uh, we have an 06 LBZ. Okay, and then what's the newer one? Uh, we have a 15 LML. Oh, fun. Okay. Um, turbos, transmissions, or fuel system? Uh, fuel system. When we're talking about these two trucks in comparison, these are the three things I know we're talking about. <laughs> fuel system, LBZ, and LML. It, it, it's either injectors or, or high-pressure pump. Right. So we high-pressure pumps. Love it. So we have two trucks, similar problems. Like I said, 06, 15, uh, CP3, CP4 with same kind of problem, uh, but different years, different trucks. All right. Walk me through the 06 first. On the LBZ, what were the symptoms or what were the complaints from the customer coming in? Uh, lagging. Truck won't go for 45 miles an hour. Um, he brought it in says, hey, you know what? I have uh, the truck won't go over. It's going into reduced power mode, and we want figure it out you know just see what's going on with it uh the truck did have check engine light on um 
you know, of course, it's a 250,000-mile truck with completely rusted out. So so when you so of course, it, it's had a check engine light on for 150,000 right. miles. So how many codes were in it when you went to go scan uh, it? There was about six codes in it, a bunch of glow plug codes and stuff like that. And yeah. he, he clearly said, hey, it has glow plug codes. But right. um, a buddy of mine tried to do those, and they wouldn't come out. So just a couple of years ago, he said... That's it. That's super common on those yeah. trucks. So I can't remember the last LBZ that had good glow plugs and you could actually get them out. Right. <laughs> All right. What else did you find when you started digging into well, it? Well, this one we found when we started uh, logging it. So um, um, I actually used my uh, Snap-on scan tool to log this one and um, drove it down the road and it would build rail. So it's command or so they would command. You know, let's say it wanted, you know, 6,000 or 10,000 K or, you know, PSI. Right. And then it would be like, okay, well, the truck would actually get to that and then it would just slowly drop off. And then the truck wouldn't, you know, it would go up to 60 miles an hour and then it would just die right at 60 miles an hour. And then it would only build up to 6,000 while it was asking for 10,000. Uh, okay. Okay. This is a classic, classic description of a failing CP3. Right. So they'll you go to lay on it, it'll build the rail you want, and then you just watch it taper off, and it's just like a gentle slope, but like a very obvious and direct slope down. Right, and then you just feather the gas, feather the gas, feather the gas, and you could actually get the truck to go up a little bit over forty five, but you'd really have to just feather it and feather it and feather. Yeah, it. you're you're you could limp it to a shop like that. But uh, like, yes. you don't want to do much more than that. <laughs> and it got limped here, okay. and then. Uh, that is the first truck, and then we did uh, put a new CP3 in it. The customer did opt to do a set of injectors. Okay. Um, just because the balance rates on a couple were iffy, but he's like, hey, well, we're in there. Let's oh, just, man, let's you do might a set as of injectors. well. So, yeah. Um, but typical case of a bad CP3 on that truck. Gotcha. Um, now I wanted to bring in the LML just because it's CP4, same week. I mean, this is two trucks this week. Now, this truck um, was the opposite of that one it wouldn't actually it wouldn't start so the truck wouldn't actually build enough rail pressure to start dude trucks only take like 1500 psi right. of rail pressure to actually start like so, it wouldn't fire nope so sitting there crank 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 and this thing would actually uh only build up to 400 psi oh my god and like you said i mean a thousand fifteen hundred yeah it, it'll fire it at that yeah, you don't want it to run there. Just to be clear for no, 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 like, no, no. Please no, no. don't. If your truck's idling at fifteen hundred psi, yeah, you got it's a problem. <laughs> broke, like something's yeah, something's wrong. But like, yeah, it, it'll fire with that. Like right. it'll turn over. But yeah, a four hundred psi would not build oh, anymore. Man. So just crank, crank, crank. Customer stated, "Hey, this is the issue. This is why he brought it in." Yeah. Um, and remind you or not, this is a four hundred thousand mile. 2015 LML. This thing has 407,000 miles. Transporter. Yes. Always. Always. Always a train. No lift pump? No lift pump. Of course. So I actually pulled the regulator on it, though. The regulator is just crystal clean. No. Yeah, not one speck of metal on the regulator. Because we we just had a post, speaking of social media, we just had a post of a picture of a regulator that was covered in debris. We've actually had conversations of... our own LML. And, right. And yeah. how bad it looks when a CP, because traditionally when a CP4 lets go, what everybody knows is it sends debris through the entire system. Right. Did this one have like the Exergy fuel system saver, anything Nothing. on it? Nope. Nothing. So at factory CP4, factory regulator, 
The only thing that I've seen that was done on it is it had a new fuel rail put on it, which is common on LMLs because the fuel sensor goes bad and then the second regulator goes bad. Right. So it's a common issue on some trucks with higher mileage. So that was done previously, but not, not recently. Okay. And then, like I said, it just would not build the rail. So, but you got the put a little ether in it, get the truck started. Truck would actually run perfect. Uh, and the guy actually said that, hey, I let the truck run for about four days because I didn't want to shut it off. Because I didn't want to, yeah, I was afraid it couldn't get it restarted. Oh, no. So he actually let the truck run for four days. Oh, no. Before, that poor truck. Yeah. Um, that poor truck. But then we diagnosed a bad CP4 just because um, we hooked up our Snap-on scanner to it, went out, and we actually data logged it. And then it was dropping rail. Um, it wasn't wasn't all the time, but it wasn't. Rail was having a hard time at like full throttle, big hill. Okay, you know, um, high torque. And that's without a trailer on it. And that was testing. without a trailer. And this guy lives with a trailer on the truck. This so guy lives. all of the load testing he right. would do would be two x of whatever you're driving around testing on the street unloaded. Right. Okay. So the weird thing is, like said, just it's four hundred thousand mile LML. Hey, the CP4 lasted a long time. I mean, just to be honest, the fact that it didn't take out the entire injectors and right? lines and feed lines and rail, like, that's the miracle, right? Yeah. You're like, holy <laughs> shit. And the fact that it lasted 400,000 miles, right? That, that's that got the special sauce. I'm halfway into this truck, and there's not a speck of... <laughs> yeah. So, like I said, I haven't... It's not you know up and running yet, but I'm um, you know halfway, three quarters of the way done with this truck, putting it back together, and yeah, it's something I thought it was pretty cool to talk about this week with having done a CP3 earlier this week and getting yeah. that truck done, and then now digging into the CP4 with said two trucks. I love that. I Just, love that. And and the symptom too is you would think that it was like detrimental like if your truck right. won't start you're like oh something is it's a diesel so like if it won't start you're like something's really broke well exactly that's first thing you just pull the regulator see if there's yeah. metal you know yeah that's what we do with every home that's so crazy that's awesome man what's our pro tip for the week uh just data <laughs> just look at your data data get it it's always proves you know just proves your theories proves what's wrong with the truck and just look at your data i mean you can even get it from a cheap scan tool just yeah. i mean just OBD data. You don't have to have vehicle-specific data. Just a little code reader will do most data. Just look at data, and you'll get a lot of information from data. That's awesome. Good advice. Well, Jeremy, thank you for joining us. No problem. Have a good day, guys. And listeners, uh, coming up next, we're going to be hearing from Sean Lynn, our remote support expert, with some exciting educational content. All right, guys. Uh, this is your producer, Justin Tyson. I'm with Sean Lynn. How are you doing, Sean? Great. How are you? I'm great. And we are doing the knowledge base because Paul is out and Chris is a busy man. We got that sale going on. Sean, I know that you're busy as hell. So how's things going for you out there? Uh, We've had quite a few phone calls this week and a number of them have been tire size tune updates and uh, L5P switchable. For the end of time, it will always be tire size. I used to be in your position and I know that because I used to deal with it all the time. So essentially... Uh, walk us through. So what are these calls you're getting on the tire size? Yeah, so uh, whether it's a new or old customer, everyone's always changing their tire sizes, and then they're looking at their GPS, and they're seeing their speedometer is not exactly what that says, Oh yeah. and then they're calling us. Yep, yep. So essentially, walk us through what happened. What are you doing when that when you get that phone call? 
Um, the first thing I ask is what kind of truck is it? What tuning platform do you have? Because uh, certain ones we need to send out an actual tune update for, and others, such as the ones using EasyLink, you can easily change it yourself in okay. the phone app. Okay. So say I give you a call and I have an LOI and I'm saying, well, you know, it's, a, it's like a mile an hour off. What would you tell me if I'm telling you that? If your speedometer is only a mile or two off, I mean, that's realistically stock spec right there. If your tires are worn down, it will literally do exactly that because the tire is physically smaller after it wears. Okay. And so if your tires are brand new, it should be right on. Okay. And then essentially say um, if it is 5 to 10 off, what what, what are you going to tell them then? Um, if the speedometer is 5 to 10 off, that typically means they went a lot bigger than stock. So... Guys will usually run 33s, 35s, 37s, I don't know, 40s. Gears. <laughs> yeah. They'll change the gears as well, and that really throws it off when you change the gears. No, so for that's sure. definitely a big one. For sure. And now another thing I know that we talk about a lot is when we do do that, a lot of these guys sometimes might have had their tunes for a while. So something you want to, you will probably tell them is, is your software and hardware up to date with updates? Yeah, and nine times out of ten, it is not updated at all. So nope. that's the first thing that needs to happen before the new tune can be loaded onto the device is that would need to be updated. For sure. And what does the one usually get, the 0502 or there's another one. I can't remember what it is. <laughs> if you try to copy the file in the EFI Live program, it'll actually tell you that your version is too old, mm -hmm. and it won't let you copy it. For sure. And then now with EasyLink, you said it's just as simple as just adjusting it through the actual program, like on the on the phone, on your smartphone? Yeah, depending on what vehicle you have. Um, we have a lot of different vehicles that you can tune in EasyLink. Under functions or vehicle details in the app, there is a tire size adjuster in there, okay. and you can basically change the tire size. Most of them will let you choose up to 35 inches, and over that it's just some vehicles can do it and some can't. Okay, that makes sense. Now, does your truck allow it to do it with the uh, EcoBoost? Yeah, there is a tire size adjustment under functions. Okay, just so we, just so everyone knows, Sean made the leap to the EcoBoost. <laughs> Certainly had a lot of fun with the 2.8 over the years, but this is quite a bit faster. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Anything else you want to add on tire size stuff? Uh, the only thing I would uh, suggest is... Uh, Sometimes people tell us that it's actually a 34-inch tire, but we're usually looking for, like, the actual size, mm -hmm. like 265, 65, 18, or whatever. We're looking for that size, usually. For sure. It's way more. It's way better than just saying it's 34s. Like, you're right, because then you can actually calculate it out. And even when someone says their tire is 35 or it says it on the tire, it's usually not actually 35. It's usually less. And yeah. people seem to not understand that as well. Well, bigger is better, right? <laughs> like 37s are usually actually 35s if you measure them out, but for sure. we won't get into that. And there was another thing you wanted to talk about. Essentially, L5P has switchable tuning on the actual steering wheel controls. Do you want to walk us through that? Yeah, we've gotten a number of phone calls this past week about that. Um, I don't know what the confusion has been, but um, basically people were saying that the, chain, the tunes will only change at certain times. And okay. that's merely due to the fact that if the cruise control light is on on your dash, you just need to turn the cruise control button on the right side of the steering wheel off. Okay. And you just need to make sure that the light on the dash is not there anymore. 
And then when you hit the cruise cancel and the plus or the minus button after that, you should be able to see the change with your glow plug light flashing. Or if you're in the run position, you'll see the tachometer move. Okay. And and guys, I, I do the videos here. So essentially, Sean, there's a video that we have with the L5P switching. You can actually see Nick switching the tunes, and he's right. You'll see it flash for whatever tune you're in. One, two, three. If you go to sport, it's one, two, three, four, five, you know. Um, so essentially, you're going to hit the off. So it's not cancel. It's off. Then you can hit the cancel, then plus or minus. And then their tunes are going to switch. Yep, even if you're not cruising on the highway, that needs to be turned off. The light on the dash needs to be off, and then you can hit the cruise cancel button and then the plus or the minus button. All right. Anything else you want to add on that one? If you try to do that and it doesn't flash at all, that probably means you are in tune zero, which is like your diagnostic tune, as we call it, or like your stock tune. Okay, cool. All right, man. Well, Sean Lynn, I don't want to hold you off the floor because I know you are a busy man as you were just flashing Fords all day. So, um, any, and you know, if any questions you guys have for Sean Lynn or anything like that, or any knowledge based things you want to talk about, you know, fans of Diesel Performance Podcast, throw them in there. Sean knows everything. The man is a wonderkin with working on technical issues. Thanks, Sean. Thanks for having me. All right, bud. All right, guys. That was wild. Yeah, it was. For I sure. I can't believe the, the, the team for UCC for 2022. I know they're still ironing out a couple of details, but, uh, you know, uh, as you guys heard in that interview, I think this opens up a lot of opportunity. You know, there's a lot of crazy, I know for where we are in the Midwest, there's a lot of crazy sled pull trucks. Oh, yeah. You know, 2630. Um, Unlimited, so I I wonder how that's gonna shake up and how that's gonna mix on potentially getting some of those trucks definitely in that event. Um, as you know, guys are gonna be even more strategic more than ever. Oh yeah, <laughs> for that Chris has taken the chaosness of UCC and upped it a little yeah, bit more. Like hey, you know, we're just <laughs> we're just gonna wow everyone for sure. You know, and I wanted to give a special thanks to uh, you know Jeremy Garnett, our super tech, yep. um, Sean Lynn, our uh, super customer support rep. Uh, for taking their time going through, you know, their little tidbits and, and oh, yeah. their knowledge. Um, also, yeah. if you guys are big fans of Jeremy, he is coming with us to King of the Streets. Yeah, Jeremy will so be with So you can hunt him down and ask him a thousand questions. He won't mind. He he will probably <laughs> love that. He will oh, talk your ear off. Yes, he will enjoy that. <laughs> well, for today, this has been Chris. And Justin. Take care, guys. Well, Paul skipped out of work. Paul skipped out of work. <laughs> And Paul says he's the talent.